0: appreciate that community meditation. The uh, red letter Bible—I uh, I have to have my letters in red. It's—it's it's so good to just have that scripture that Jesus talks about pop out, so that I can see that. Um, so I'd encourage you guys. Uh, it, some, for some folks, it's distracting, but for me, the red letters are are excellent. Uh, there's also a good song by David Crowder and uh, Brant sung that for me a couple years ago at our Easter uh, Easter celebration good song and also uh, I do appreciate the advice um, that uh, Bruce gave he did give me the advice about the trimming the ear hair and um, I'd also like to give Bruce some advice uh, on our uh, mountain trip when we go Uh, we won't have electricity for your hair dryer but there is the exhaust of Kevin's uh, uh, vehicle so you can hold your head in front of that exhaust and probably dry your hair think that would probably be appropriate so uh, by way of announcements real quick I will be gone at peak next week your uh, man Ben Prasco will be presenting the sermon next week so uh, come and enjoy that be praying for the nine kids and Jessica and I that will be going there I'll be leaving it um, early on Saturday morning and uh, don't forget that there is a a meal right after church today. So let's pray and get started. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to be here studying your word. Lord, we ask that you would impress it upon us in such a way that we would be able to leave here and to share it with others. Lord, move us now. Holy Spirit, work among us to see the liveliness of your words. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We are in Acts chapter 16 today. So follow along if you would like. Acts chapter 16. We've been following Paul and Barnabas and now Paul and Silas on their missionary journeys. Paul and Silas are together. If you remember last week, Paul and Barnabas had us separated. Uh, Barnabas took uh, John Mark and Paul had chose Silas. And so Paul and Silas are setting out. They are leaving on their second missionary journey. Um, The first place they go to is a place called Derby. And there is a young fella named Timothy. We know this fella. There is a a book of the Bible, two of them, that Paul writes to Timothy. And we're going to save Timothy for another day. We're going to skip over a few verses. And we're going to start... In verse 6, so I want you to listen along as we go along this journey. There's a lot of it here, so I'm going to skim through the first part of it. Um, Paul and Silas, they started to go to a place uh, uh, near in, in Asia. Paul and Silas headed to Asia, but the Spirit of Jesus, it says, stopped them. And then they diverted and they went to some other regions, some other areas. But then they uh, tried again to go near uh, Asia and the Holy Spirit uh, prevented them from going there to preach the gospel. Now, this uh, seemingly is is interesting. Why would Jesus prevent them from or not want them from preaching in Asia at this point. Why would that be the case? Well, see, I don't think it's has mu- having much to do with where Jesus doesn't want them to preach. It has more to do with where He does want them to preach. And so He, uh, he tells them not to go there And this is cleared up for Paul and Silas in a vision that Paul has that night. In verse 9, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia in northern Greece. He was standing there pleading with them, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Then, since the vision showed them where to go, the man was saying, come at once. They they, uh, got onto a boat and, and they went to that place on the Sabbath. We went a little way outside of the city to a river bank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer and we sat down to speak with some of the women who had gathered there. They went to the river. They went to the river because God had a specific plan for them to go there. Listen, when God calls you to do something, there is a specific reason why He called you there to do it. So God's first specific reason for calling Paul and Silas to Macedonia is Lydia. Verse 14. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home and she urged us until we agreed. So if you are taking notes today whether it be on the piece of paper that we provided for you or in your head I think that it should look like this Reasons to share Jesus Paul and Silas's first reason to go to this place to share Jesus appears to be Lydia And on that piece of paper or in your mind, I want you to go over a little bit and put your name. And underneath of that, put your first reason for sharing Jesus. Now maybe this is a person that you have in mind, or maybe you don't know what person it is. So when we're done with this paper, take it home, uh, put it on your refrigerator or on your counter and then when you come across that person this week, write their names in there. Lydia. It's Paul and Silas' first reason. Lydia, for us, represents someone who is doing well, seemingly. Was Lydia was a merchant of purple cloth. What does that mean for us? Well, Lydia... She didn't have any need financially. She was a merchant of this expensive cloth, and I'm not sure why purple cloth was so expensive, but it was. It was the kingly color. And she was doing well, probably, financially, probably had everything she needed food-wise, could afford doctors. uh, As far as everyone else was concerned, Lydia was doing well. This first person under your name as your reason, uh, this person, maybe they're seemingly doing well, well off. They have no need for your help financially, for your help physically, but they do need Jesus. Reason number one. So Paul and Silas continue on this journey that God has called them to go on in verse 16 one day we were going down to the place of prayer we met a demon-possessed slave girl she was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters she followed paul and the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high god and they have come to tell you how to be saved this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And instantly, it left her. Instantly. Now, this account puzzles me every time I read it as well. Why doesn't Paul just... Uh, tell the demon to hit the road in the first place. The girl follows them around as they are preaching or telling about Jesus there. She's following them around uh, day after day. It seems like Paul and Silas, boy, they would have seen a a girl that's struggling with a demon inside and instantly decided we need to cast this demon out. After all, that's what they were in the business of doing. We learn that this scripture says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer. And I think this is a key to understanding this text. We, who, who is we? Well, it's likely that we is the author of this book. Acts was presumably written by Luke. same Luke that wrote the uh, Gospel according to Luke. And Luke appears to be with them at this point. He is writing in first-person narrative. and So when you are recording events, and probably recording them later on, the way you write your words down don't always line up chronologically like we read them. So it doesn't say that first thing we noticed was that this girl was demon possessed. It just says we met a demon possessed slave girl. He's adding a detail in in here for us to read, but it doesn't say chronologically. I suspect maybe it happened happened something like this: uh, Paul and Silas. Uh, we're preaching the good word. And when you when you have a message planned out, and when you're teaching something, it often goes in steps. You teach them this, and then you go through this, and because of this, uh, this reason, and this is how you go through it. And so they get there, and this slave girl instantly somehow knows uh, who they are, and maybe they were excited, because maybe they thought, oh, perhaps... Perhaps she she knows about us because uh, the Holy Spirit has revealed it to her or something, and then she kept following them and kept saying, "Hey, these people they're they're uh they're going to tell you about salvation and she kept saying it and kept saying it, and as they were traveling through this region, the folks didn't know about Jesus uh, drawing attention everywhere they went, they were having to explain this message. Just all the time because people were like, what? And God had specific places for them to go, like down to the river to reach Lydia. Specific places where lots of folks could could learn. And now they're having just to, to spill everything the whole way until finally it's wearing Paul out. And he's not able to strategically get to the places he needs to get to preach the word the way that God has given it to him. And he is annoyed. And so he turns to her. Finally, he commands the demon to get out in Jesus' name. He doesn't tell us about this slave girl's faith afterwards. He doesn't tell us about what she believed. But one thing is for sure. When Paul told the demon to get out, instantly, in Jesus' name, the demon left. The demon is gone. And although the slave girl's owners, they are not happy about this, she is free from a demon, and that is a good thing reason number 2 Paul and Silas to share Jesus is the slave girl on your side of the list folks you're going to think of a person or come across a person this week that is struggling spiritually maybe they're not uh, they're not uh, possessed by evil or a demon but maybe they're oppressed by evil. Maybe they're struggling spiritually with understanding of how the world works, of of who God is, of who the devil is, and they're tormented by that. This is a person that needs your spiritual guidance, your faith to rub off on them. Your second reason. Now, on to reason number three. Acts chapter 16, verse 19. The slave girls' masters, their hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city was in an uproar because of the Jews. They shouted to the city officials. Their teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practise, and then a mob formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden wooden rods, so they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. so the jailer put on them put, or put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks I mean Paul and Silas here they took the income away from away from some fellas that were earning it off of the uh, the taking advantage of a girl and now they have not only uh, written Paul and Silas a ticket no they've put them in jail and that's not enough. They've put them in chains, and that's not enough. There is a guard there to make sure that these criminals, Paul and Silas, evidently, uh, do not get out and get away. Uh. Then it becomes midnight. Paul and and Silas, uh, remember, they've been beaten severely. And they're in chains. Around midnight, verse 25 says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner flew off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open and he assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword as to kill himself. Can you imagine? I mean the earthquake you have one job to do if you're the jailer. that's to make sure people like Paul and Silas don't get out. one job. All of a sudden some some earthquake happens and your worst nightmare. chains are all broke. doors are all open you see no prisoners around. He knows what's going to happen to him. His authorities are going to give him the death sentence. He has no hope. And he pulls his sword. Maybe you've been there. Thought, I have one job and I have failed at that. There is no more hope for me. And I know that all of us have probably had that moment to where we think, boy, things aren't going so well. And life is tough and maybe I should just end it. It would be so easy just to turn the wheel at the wrong time. And just put a stop to everything. Everything. Just check out. Maybe some of you have been to the point to where you weren't just thinking that. Maybe you drew your sword. But let me tell you. Paul and Silas. See it was midnight for them too. They were in a bad situation. We don't know if Paul and Silas could see the jailer. It says that they were down in the dungeon and the jailer was probably up top. Maybe they could hear the sword leave its sheets. And they know what's going to happen. And they say, stop! Stop, they shout. Don't kill yourself. We are all still here. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm doing God's work and then God causes an earthquake, I'm in the jail, and God causes an earthquake to swing open the doors and to break my chains, then I'd be gone, right? Thank you, God, for providing a way out. But Paul, Paul knows what he has been sent there to do. And Paul knows that a specific reason to share about Jesus here is the jailer. And so they stick around. Stop. Don't kill yourselves. What's this? The jailer calls for lights. This is the third reason that we are to share. Jesus. Paul and Silas is the jailer. On your side of the list, I want you to put someone there who is so emotionally void of hope. Someone is is so hopeless that they are in physical danger. Maybe this physical danger isn't From them hurting themselves. Maybe it's danger from them making uh, poor decisions that will put themselves in physical danger. This jailer, he wasn't able to see a way out. There seemed to be no way that this could get any better. He has failed. But Paul and Silas tell him to stop. This is the reason they are here. And he runs. He runs to them. He says, bring the lights. And he ran down in the dungeon and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Now, let's not miss this part. We have our, our list here. But God works in exponents. God uses exponents. And you know why I know this? I know this because uh, Jesus says, Luke chapter 12, verse 7, that uh, all the hairs, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Now that's not too hard if you're me. I don't have a lot to count. But for uh, you guys out there, there's a lot of hairy fellas out there and ladies. And, and imagine all the people before and all the people after and all the people that's ever been. And God is able to number the very heads on our head. And I don't know how He does all that math except for He must have some sort of a system to use exponents. And so Lydia, Paul, and Silas were sent... Uh, specifically to share Jesus with Lydia, and so when they tell Lydia, she tells other folks. That's how it works. So Lydia, I just put something up there to the to the power of three exponent. You say preacher, how how's that work? Uh, Lydia is just one person, so one times one times one. You know, those of you who are in the math, you're thinking about this. Uh, if you don't care about math, you're, you're believing what I have to say. So one times one times one person equals what? One one person, right? Except now, Lydia knows Jesus. And so when you put your faith in Christ, you're not alone anymore. You are not a team of one because you've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when they're working with you, that makes four. And if you times four, times four, times four, it equals something like 64, right? So I don't know if Lydia had 64 people in her family, but it says her household believed and was saved. They were baptized, immersed into Jesus exponentially it grew and Lydia was probably uh, a member of uh, other merchants who dealt with more expensive things and so in that uh, class in that region the word of Jesus probably spread super exponentially and in the slave girl think about the slave girl maybe she didn't have a family there to be baptized all at once and But if she did put her faith in Jesus at this point, which she was relieved of a demon, I can't imagine how you wouldn't give your life to Jesus at that point. But there's a lot of folks watching her situation. A lot of folks were not happy about it. It was drawing attention because Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. It was a big court case probably. A lot of folks watching exponentially. The word of Jesus is getting out. And then the jailer. The jailer, his whole household was saved, much like Lydia's. The jailer, we can admit, maybe the jailer, they're, they're a loud family. You know those guys that are always talking and, and they make you nervous sometimes when you get around them because they're just talking loudly and telling everybody about everything. And maybe the jailer's family is like that. And so, exponentially. Those people on your side of the list Imagine who they could share Jesus with if they put their faith in Jesus. It starts with you. Let them be your reason. When you share Jesus, God will multiply your efforts. Now, in this account, this account of Paul and Silas uh, and the jailer, we get a bonus. It tells us the best way to share Jesus. If you remember what I just read, uh, what happened at midnight? And before we answer that, what happens at your midnight? Some of you are thinking... I'm, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about when things <clears throat> seem to be as bad as they can get. Like things are bad, they're not going well. Maybe this is when your kid has made every bad decision in the book. Maybe this is when you lost your job, a relationship has ended. Maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer or beaten, chained, and thrown into a prison, condemned to death because some crazy earthquake happened to uh, turn your prisoners loose. And they've gotten away. They may have gotten away. My question is, should you pull your sword and give in to the hopelessness? Check out. Paul and Silas, they're working for Jesus and they say no. Look at the exponents. How does that add up? You're specifically meant to share Jesus with a certain amount of people who will also spread the hope to others. The exponents call for us to continue to stay in the game. When it's midnight, stay in the game. It was bad. But around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were there listening. It was bad and they kept faith. God would save them from death. But even if He didn't, It didn't matter because they knew where they were going. At midnight, when things are the hardest, we are not alone. This is the best time to share Jesus. And at midnight, praying and singing praise to God, worshiping Him is the best way Share Jesus. Notice some of the some of the descriptive words here that we see in our text as we're reading through. Uh, God called Paul and Silas specifically to uh, to meet up with Lydia. The scripture says. So we decided to leave, to go to Macedonia at once. At once they decided to go see Lydia. And then a little later on, uh, Lydia was baptized. And then they came across the slave girl. They commanded in the name of Jesus that the demon come out of her and instantly, instantly it left her. Then they got thrown in prison for doing that. But suddenly, there was an earthquake. And immediately, the doors flew open. And then the jailer drew his sword. And they shared the word of Jesus, the good news with them. He's not a failure. God has created him. And there's a purpose way beyond his uh, simple worldly job. And because of that, him and his household were immediately baptized because they put their faith in him. Now, as you're sharing Jesus with the community, I want you to keep these things in mind There is an intensity and an urgency with which Paul and Silas are working. If you think about our culture right now, do you think that there is a need for intensity, for urgency in our Christian lives? I believe so. I believe so. So at once, let's go and do this. Uh, at once. And and suddenly, if we leave to follow Jesus and to show others to do the same, suddenly, things will start happening because the Holy Spirit starts to work and instantly folks start giving their life to Jesus and immediately we see the kingdom of God expanding and growing. Remember, Others are watching. The other jailers seen Paul and Silas when they were singing hymns to God. Well, what's your midnight look like? And is it an example for others to see you full of hope even though this world is not so good? We all need Jesus, every one of us. Therefore, sharing Him is what our Lord Jesus has called us to do. Share Him with everyone. Let's pray. Lord, we need You. Lord, we need You to give us the strength to share You to other folks. Lord, we need You to give us the strength to overcome midnight to rise up above all the struggles that we encounter here. Lord, we need you to help us to understand your text and to keep us uh, vigilant of those around us who are hurting and hopeless.